0: Someone asked me if I was going to start off with a joke, and I just don't do jokes. (laughs) I leave it to Mark. It's going to fall flat, I just know. (laughs) So we'll just jump right in, okay? Everybody had a nice week? Okay, last week Mark started a new series, the Bible series, and he talked about how the Bible is God's story. We get to know who God is and how to walk with him through his word. So today, I'd like to share some things that I've learned about um, the Bible over the years. I grew up at Winward Missionary Church. They're a sister church of ours in in Kaneohe. And when I was young, I memorized and claimed a good amount of scripture and that helped me stay on course with God. I would also... um, Flip through the Bible and meditate on favorite passages. Like, I love the Psalms. I think the Psalms teach you how to pray. If anybody want to know how to pray, read through the Psalms. Um, the Psalmists are so honest in their feelings, their complaints, their hurts. But at the end of the Psalm, they always go back, acknowledging who God is again, and, and saying, God, will I put our trust. And um, so it's really a cool, when you're, if you're going through some emotional thing, read through the Psalms. I remember, in high school, my Sunday school teacher, Aaron Suyoshi, I don't know if anyone knows him, he taught us uh, a series on the book of James, and it was like so powerful, even at my age, I just still remember that that was probably the most impactful uh, teaching um, that I remember. Um, the book of James is a powerful book. Um, in fact, when I was young, I remember being in high school, My favorite verse was pulled from James. It's James 1.5. Does anyone know James 1.5? It was my favorite verse, and I would pray it almost every day. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Throughout the seasons of my life as a single youth, as a young married woman, as a homeschool mother of three, As someone who had to move back into the workplace after not working for um, a while, as a pastor's wife, throughout the seasons, I prayed for God's wisdom and leading. I still call on the Lord for wisdom today. And he leads me in every situation. God never fails. He really does give wisdom generously, just like the scripture says. We just need to ask him. You know, in fact, God wants us to learn to navigate through life with him. Without him, we will fail. I think I shared this before, but when I came across this passage in Isaiah, I was a little stunned. It's Isaiah 50, verses 10 through 11. It says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? If you are walking in darkness without a ray of light, trust in the Lord and rely on your God. But watch out, you who live in your own light and warm yourselves by your own fires. This is the reward you will receive from me. You will soon fall down in great torment. Doesn't this verse make you ponder? What is God really saying? Are we living our lives correctly? I notice that darkness has fallen over us. I'm talking about us who are living in 2019. I think in my lifetime, it's always been there. But even recently, an even thicker darkness has fallen. We can easily be deceived by our own desires and what strokes us. Our thinking of what is right and wrong can be based on how we feel. A recent favorite verse I have is John 15, verses five through six. It says, Jesus talking, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him He bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. Anyone who does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Doesn't it sound similar, the two verses? Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Both verses talk about the consequence of living on our own efforts and apart from God. The consequence will be God's judgment, which is torment and fire. Living connected with Jesus, doing his will, and trusting him is what will lead to our success. Because if we live for the rewards in this world, it will end when our lives end. But living for God, trusting him, and doing his will for your life will lead to rewards from God that will last for eternity. Apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. But with him, nothing's impossible. Being in the word and walking in his spirit is what will keep us on track. Jesus made clear that he didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. Until he comes again, or until we die, we have the chance to turn from our wicked ways, be forgiven. Start walking clean and fresh with the Lord, becoming more like him, with no condemnation for past failures. The power you have in your hand is your choice. Are you willing? I knew as a young person that in order for us to survive as Christians, we need to have the Word of God implanted in our hearts. But maybe 10 years ago or so, I felt the Lord start instructing me um, daily in my word. Every week the prayer team would gather once a week, and we'd seek the Lord and we'd pray, and I would feel... Like, hey, guys, I think the Lord is saying daily in my word. Everybody would nod. Yeah, that's good. Daily in his word. The Lord would keep repeating that. And, um, um, you know, at that point, I was pretty much living off the scriptures in my memory that I grew up with when I was young. I wasn't being daily in his word. Um, On a normal day, I would wake up, get ready for work, go to work, um, take care of the kids, do chores, go to meetings, try to take some time to do something fun, and then get ready for bed and start all over again. Zoop, the days go by. Zoop, the week goes by. It's so hard to just make that time to spend with the Lord in his word, in his presence, in, his, in, um, in prayer. Again, we'd meet. It, it was like months. And then I would hear daily in my word. And I'm like, oh, feeling guilty at this point, right? And i think to myself, is anybody daily in his word? And... Um, and then, so I said, Lord, forgive me. I'm not daily in your word. Help us to be daily in your word, Lord. A little while later, Mark came home with this book. Our church had gone through it. You guys remember going through this book? Divine Mentor. So what this book is, it's a journaling method, a Bible journaling method. You can choose any um, you know, Bible reading plan. There's a reading plan in the book. Last week, Mark passed out the reading plan, a new reading plan. So you can use any reading plan, And then um, uh, what he teaches is a SOAP method. So you read your daily reading, select one scripture that pops out at you, then you meditate on it a bit. That's S. S is the scripture you chose. O is observation. What is God speaking to you through this one scripture? You write it down. Application, how can I apply it to my life? You write it down. So that's S-O-A. And P, I think, is the most important. P is pray. Pray it in. So you take a scripture... From all the scripture you read that day, take one, write down what the Lord is saying to you about it. How are you going to apply it to your life when you pray it in? It's like pulling out a gem and sticking it in your heart. Different from reading and running. You know, I got to read my Bible today. Did it? Okay, check. <laughs> it's different. And so um, when um, uh, Mark got this book, I think he got it from Pastor Cal who came a few weeks ago. He's a pastor at Mauna Gardens, and they started going through this. So he gave Mark a book, and we started with our family. So Mark and I and our three children, um, Mark said, okay, everybody, we're going to do this. Every day, do a journaling, and once a week we'll gather. I think it was Sundays or Mondays we gather, and we're going to share one day. And so we did that. It's kind of like um, um, the hardest part is just getting started because it takes so much time, right? um, But it's really cool because daddy was telling them, (laughs) they got to do it. (laughs) So we all ended up doing it. And um, I, as a mom, just felt, wow, the stuff they're getting is really neat. Like um, We all read the same passage, so it's really neat to see what the kids were getting. Um, But I noticed after time, after months of doing this, and we went through the Bible from cover to cover, um, everybody was starting to really grow in their faith. Like you could just I could just really see it. Their 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 growth and their faith and their walk with the Lord was really growing. So then after that, I brought it to the prayer team because that's where the Lord was telling us daily in our word, daily in my word. And so it was really hard for the prayer team too to get into habit because we're doing it together. Oh, I gotta share when we gather. <laughs> so they would do it at least one day, right? During the week. But the ones who were um, got it into their schedule and was doing it daily. Wow, same thing. To really see them grow in their faith and their walk with the Lord, daily in my word was the instruction that the Lord gave. And um, you know, to do something like this, we have to just be willing and then ask God for help, and God helps us to do it. It really helps being in a group too. Romans 12:2 says, "Do not be conformed to this world." but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Reading the Bible transforms us by the renewing of our mind. It's not a regular book. It's God's word, and it's powerful for transformation. We are in such a spiritual battle in this world. We need to be transformed and strengthened by the renewing of our minds daily, being in God's word. The power we have in our hand is our choice. Pray for God's help, then step out and do it. In John 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus says, If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. How many of you are reading the Bible or listening to an audio Bible daily? Good job. Good job. The only way we can grow in our walks with the Lord and to rise up as overcomers in this dark world is by continuing to be in his word. The Lord once told me regarding spiritual warfare, Joe, the power you have in your hand is your choice. And as I pondered that, it's not going to be easy to do what we need to do to be overcomers as Christians. But when we choose to do it and ask God for help, that's the power in our hand. We need to choose to daily make time for God and His Word in our hearts. It's not going to be easy. Frankly, it's a battle. But being in God's word daily comes with a promise. What was the promise? If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I find that many of God's promises usually has a condition. It's God's way of working with us. It's, it's God's way of us having walking with him. We do our part and his promises sure to come through in our lives. We will know the truth, and the truth will set us free. Another experience I had with God's word had to do with memorizing scripture. I memorized verses as a young person, one verse at a time. John 3.16 was the first verse I memorized. Anybody else here knows John 3.16? I worked really hard to memorize that verse. I was six years old, and they were giving out prizes, so I worked really hard. As a parent, the best thing you can do is to have your kids memorize God's word because it's easy for young people. Even when they get old, they'll remember it. So one year, the Lord led the prayer team. You know, we gather every week. Um, to read uh, this book called The Heavenly Man. Um, The Heavenly Man, I gave my copy away, so I don't have it to show you, but I think we might have a picture of it. Um, The Heavenly Man is a story about a Chinese pastor named Brother Yun. Um, During the Boxer Rebellion, which happened in the early 1900s, the Christians were persecuted and killed. Bibles were burned. Uh, 45 years later, communism was established in China. So, when Pastor Yun, when Brother Yun was born in the mid 50s, um, there was a famine of, of, of God's Word in China. You know how big China is? They were able to eradicate all, the Bible from the entire nation. His mom had gone to an evangelistic outreach when she was young. And so, the little she remembered, she passed on to him. And he had such a hunger for God's Word, he cried out to God God, send me a Bible. Send me a Bible. He started praying, and then he started praying and fasting. And he fasted, I think, only water. Lord, send me a Bible. Send me a Bible. Um, One day, during his prayer time, he, he had a vision. And in the vision, he saw an old man pushing a bread cart. And beside the old man was two people walking with him. And this old man walked up to him and gave him the bread. And the vision ended. So he pondered the vision a little bit. And I don't know if it was a few weeks later, someone knocked at the door of his house, and it was that old man he saw in the vision. And next to him was the two same people that was in his vision standing next to him. But instead of bread, he handed Brother Yun a Bible, the Bible he had been praying for. Brother Yun found out that um, God had spoken to this old man like three months before. And God had told him, dig up your Bible, because he had buried it in the ground and dig it up and and go to this place and give that person your Bible. And he waited three months, but finally he dug it up and he brought the Bible to Brother Yun. God answered his prayer through another believer. Brother Yun was so excited about receiving this Bible that he was so hungry for, he just devoured it. He, He memorized like books and he just was reading it like day and night and just eating up. The word of God, just like bread, in his vision, and then as he as he was like so happy and so thankful to the God for giving him the word that he was so hungry for, and then he felt like the Lord said, "I'm going to send you out to preach the word." So I think he said, because like, I don't have my book." I think it was go south and go east. Like he just gave directions, either south or east, and south or west, and something. So Brother Yun just just obeyed God. He got up, and he he went south. And then he went, and he met this guy. And the guy said, oh, you're the one. We've been waiting for you. Our town has been praying for God to send someone who would preach the word of God to us. So he went to his town, and it was an agrarian town. That means it was, a small, it was, an, it was probably like a village more than a town. And the people were farmers. They dropped their farm because they're all so hungry for the word of God. And they all gathered and listened to him. He was 16 years old at that time, and he didn't know nothing about preaching a sermon. All he did was recite the actual scriptures that he memorized. And the, the people didn't want him to stop. They were just eating up God's word, what came out of his mouth, what he had hidden in his heart. Frankly, this, uh, his, his story is just so amazing to me. Um, as, as I read through the book, it's like real easy reading. I would recommend you reading it. It's called The Heavenly Man. Um, he experienced things that the apostles experienced in the, in, the, in the Acts, like God miraculously healing him, healing people. Um, he was in jail, in prison, and he was uh, crippled because they tortured him. And God told him, stand up and walk. He stood up and walked right out of prison. Like, so much miraculous things. He was supposed to be at a place, and he just zooped there. I don't know what they called it, but, you know, it's like, supernatural stuff happened to him. And, um, and I was just like, wow, when I read the book, I was like, wow, it's just like reading the book of Acts. And what really stunned me was, this man was only a few years older than me, and he's still living today. And he's living like the apostles in the book of Acts. Crazy, right? I felt like, wow, he is living in such a different world than we live in. Um... And it made me wonder why God led us to this book, like maybe He was preparing us for persecution, or you know, for us to be strong enough to stand. A few years after we read the Heavenly Man, we went through the Bible journaling that I talked to you about, and um, I felt like the Lord wanted us to memorize Psalm 91. Anybody know Psalm 91? Psalm 91 is like a whole chapter. And like, before that, I would only memorize one verse at a time. So I was like, what? A whole chapter? Oh, no. But then I remembered the heavenly man, and he, read, he memorized books, and he recited it. So I thought, okay, he, he did books. We can do chapters. So I um, laminated Psalm 91 here, and I worked on memorizing it. It's way easier to memorize when you're young. But I asked the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me to obey you. And, and I did it. I memorized Psalm 91. Um, I later found out that um, you know, Psalm 91 is a psalm of God's protection. Isn't that cool? Look how the Lord is leading us. After I memorized Psalm 91, which was a long time, I'm sure it was like over a year <laughs> I took to memorize Psalm 91, Mark found this book called Psalm 91. And the crazy thing is in this book, um, the author compiles stories of people throughout history who grabbed hold of Psalm 91, recited it, prayed over their situation, their families daily, and they experienced miraculous protection from God. Isn't that crazy? It's God leading, it's not something I'm just conjuring up. It's like, as the Lord deeds, I step in, oh my gosh, this is how easy. I'm gonna read a chapter from here. But before I do, um, oh yeah, let me read this. Uh, let me read a story from here that shows you how just amazing and powerful God's Word is. Throughout history, there have been shields over individuals and groups who have stood on Psalm 91. I never knew it when I memorized it. One of the most famous examples come from World War I about a unit that was completely protected. On both sides of the Atlantic, religious publications reported the story of a miracle regiment whose soldiers went through some of the most intense and bloodiest battles without a single combat casualty. The best sources say it was a British-American combination unit rather than an American one. Our researchers have enjoyed rebuilding this bridge between the event and its sources and uncovering new leads to one of the most celebrated pulpit examples of the power of Psalm 91. Our sources say that every officer, as well as every enlisted man, placed his trust in God by faithfully reciting Psalm 91 together and that this unit is known to have suffered not one single combat casualty. Crazy. The power of God's word with people who would claim his word in faith together. Psalm 91 has truly been a shield for entire troops of soldiers in each of our wars since World War I. Stories keep surfacing of Psalm 91 having shielded whole units who have claimed its promises. This is the bulwark aspect of the shield of protection. And now, I'll, let's read Psalm 91. I'm going to read it just so that I don't stumble over my memory first. Read it with me. I think um, we'll have it up on the screen. Those who li- Read it with me. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrows that fly in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you, no plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You will trample on lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward them with long life. And give them my salvation. Powerful. There's power in God's word. The Bible is no ordinary book. I'd like to encourage you to memorize with us Psalm 91. And I have a few extra cards if you want to come up. I can give them to you. Pray and recite it daily with your family. Not only for your family, but for our church, our state, our nation, the world. We need God. You know what? God works with us. He says when we pray, that's when he'll move. Praying God's scripture is a powerful thing. Other passages the Lord had led us to memorize is Ephesians 2, verses 1-10, through Romans 12, and Colossians 3. And jot it down. <laughs> and you can work on memorizing it with us. I figured, you know, the Lord gave us this passage. So when He instructs us, there's a reason He's giving. So that's why. The Bible has powerful promises from God. God is a God of His Word. What He says, He will do. The past few years, the prayer team has been pressing in for healing. We've been praying for a lot of people who are sick. Um, we prayed for um, this one person who uh, a lot, we were praying with a lot of churches for him. And um, the Lord, um, my mom, Hazel, who, who stood up here, was, uh, who stood up, she was praying, and she felt like the Lord tell her, Hazel, um, people are praying for healing, but they're not praying my word. And so he, he actually um, gave her a list of scriptures of healing promises um, that we can pray for healing. Again, I have a few copies, or you can come up and I can email you a copy if you want them. Um, her favorite verse in, amongst the one, two, three, a uh, dozen or so scriptures is um, that she always claims, is Deuteronomy 7.15, and it says, um, and the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt but he will inflict them on all your enemies. The Lord will protect you from all sickness. You can claim the scripture and pray it in believing God's word because there's power in God's word for those who believe. In April I went through my first sur- surgery, first surgery of my life, and the scripture I felt the Lord gave to me was Malachi 4:2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness righteousness will rise with healing in its wings, and you will go forth and skip about like calves from the stall. So I pray this prayer before my surgery and after, um, during you know, recovery. Yeah, I just feel way better. Yeah. God has um, answered that prayer. There's power in God's word. Just as we need to eat good food daily to be healthy and strong in our bodies, physical bodies, we need to daily be in God's word, meditating and applying it to our lives in faith, in order to be strong spiritually. Are you willing? Although it won't be easy, it's worthwhile. And the power you have in your hand is your choice. So let's do it together. Let's pray. Lord, we just give thanks to you for um, the power in your word. Thank you for the leading of your Holy Spirit. Um, And for um, even teaching us in John 15 that if your word abides in us and we abide in you through the Holy Spirit, we will bear fruit that remains. So teach us, Lord, and I pray for our body of believers here at Kakako Christian Fellowship that we would rise up to be this kind of people, to be your people. Help us, Lord, to um, do what you tell us to do and to resist the flesh. Give us victory. I pray your peace over us now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Joseph, here for a second. Why don't you stand with me? We're going to close with a song. But, you know, I thought, you know, as you were um, praying, um, you know, God has given you a real heart. And not only a heart, but a real conviction about how important the word is. Mm -hmm. And so much of what we do is we teach, but we also can impart. Mm -hmm. And so... We you just pray for all of us? And if you want to receive, just hold out your hands that you would impart to us that, that love that you have. That You know how you talked about hungering and thirsting after God's word? That we would receive that, yeah? Mm-hmm. So why don't you pray for all of us? And just hold your hands out if you want that. Um, yeah, let the Lord give you that hunger and that real love for his word. Okay, so Lord, we just come before you. and We just thank you for um, giving us lord all that we need and lord we just pray lord you see the people whose hands are open lord just like um, the heavenly man and the village people lord we just pray lord that you would fill them up and give them a hunger and thirst for for your word lord Um, and if in your word we sit you say if you continue if you continue in my word then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So we just pray this, Lord, and I just release this hunger and thirst uh, for your word, the truth that will move to action. Release it now in the name of Jesus and we pray you'll build your church here at Kakako Christian Fellowship, Lord, to be your holy people, Lord, in this dark world that will rise and your glory will shine upon us, Lord. Accomplish it here, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Alright, receive that, right? Always sing